Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to another episode of the Burning Sage Podcast. <laughs> I freaking like this thing. Ah, oh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Burning Sage Podcast. I am your host, as always, Sage Ryan Cash. Thank you for joining me today. It is a lovely day out here in Florida. I'm still out here in Florida uh, producing um, the show that I introduced last week's episode called The One Upper Show. Um, the main production starts tomorrow, which I'm very excited about. I'm very excited about what's going on here, and, and this is going to be a good year. Um, I'm very excited for it. Uh, everything's going smoothly, and I appreciate all the love and support that I've been getting and have gotten um, throughout everything I've done here on the Burning Stage platform. Um, truly, truly, I'm not just saying that, man. I, it's, it's why I keep going, why I keep doing it, you know, because, you know, you get discouraged. You guys know in my episodes and my war and, and different episodes I've had and talked about it. If you've heard, like, you know, it's a struggle to, as any artist or creative person, um, it's a struggle to do that art, especially if you're not making any finances off of it. It's hard to commit to something so i'm proud of myself for committing to it again and then not giving up on the dream ladies and gentlemen not giving up we ain't gonna stop until we're at the top or just you know at least feel fulfilled um, which i do feel fulfilled doing these things so i appreciate you guys for being here today uh, we have a lovely guest today um we are going to chat about a very interesting topic uh i have a mortician slash uh county coroner here today with us and we are going to talk about what the job of mortician was and a county coroner and all that and uh i think it's gonna be great because it's a pretty interesting subject and i don't really hear a whole lot of it and just from talking to her briefly it's fascinating um what that job actually in, in entails you know it's pretty freaking wild if you ask me but uh yeah so without for too much ramble jamble We'll get right into it, but before we do, ladies and gentlemen, you know the tradition here. We gotta breathe, all right. Everybody in, the, in, in that's that's walking around right now is is plagued with uh, too much thoughts in their head, too many thoughts, and uh, you know we have a lot of junk going on, and you know a lot of stuff we're worried about, stressed out about. The world is crazy right now. Um, a lot of things happening, and uh, so you may feel overwhelmed by what's going on, and it's hard to to kind of you know to kind of be it's it's just it's just life's hard right now okay for some people and even if it's not hard for you um you know it's always good to just take a deep breath and kind of uh zen yourself and be in the moment and whatnot and uh, so yeah that's what we're going to do here and we're going to take a deep breath and breathe in everything that we have in our heads and let go of it and if uh, if anything just for the duration of this podcast um, but also encourage people to do this on a day-to-day basis, if you, especially if you are a person that feels overwhelmed about life and its struggles and um, its trials and tribulations. Uh, so here we go. On the count of three, we are going to breathe deeply. And when we breathe, we are going to think about all those things and think about it at, like you're putting it in a sack. You're putting it in a freaking sack. And you're going to take that sack and you're going to throw that sack in the infirmary pun intended because of uh, today's subject matter um you're so ladies and gentlemen one two three breathe in hold it ah, let go let go of all of it let go of all of it free your mind free your mind 
Ladies and gentlemen, we are ready. The Burn a Stage podcast today is a good day, as every day is a good day while we are living. And uh, yeah, pun intended again for the subject matter. I'm just on the topic today, ladies and gentlemen. It's gonna be. I'm excited. I'm excited. It's gonna be a good episode. Hope you guys are ready. Um, but without further ado, let's kick this motherfucker off right with the intro song. The burning sage symbolizes breath as a saving for life against the battle of death. I am the fire. Introducing Kelly <laughs> Thank you for joining me, Kelly. Um, I really appreciate it. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good, thank you. Right on. It's a beautiful day. It sure is. Um, so you're married to my last guest. You just got married. Congratulations. Correct. Thank you very much. Um, how do you feel? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. I didn't think that it would feel different, but it does just a tiny bit. And it's good. In, in a good way. Yeah. Is it, is it like you feel more... Se- I feel like being married, you feel like more secure. Yes, it does add a level of security. Mm. Yeah. Um, more than just living together because it's not as easy to run away. Yeah. You, you, you know. You're legally binded now. Yes. <laughs> yes. And in the court of law. And, you know, theoretically, we're, it means we can, you know, count on that person. Yeah. Totally. For life. To, uh, in, in sickness and in health, mm-hmm. <laughs> as they say. Yes. It was a fun wedding. It was It was like, uh, I haven't been to a wedding sure in a long was. time. You guys have a beautiful property here. We, I already kind of touched on that with Ted, but you guys are so blessed to be here. Um, and we're blessed to be visitors here. And I really appreciate all that you guys have done for me and your lovely daughter, who happens to be my lovely girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenna. Say hi, Kenna. <laughs> okay. She doesn't want to. Anyways, uh, but I brought you here. Yeah. To the podcast, because you have had an interesting uh, life and uh, interesting career. That Um, is true. You were a mortician and county coroner, right? That's correct. All righty. So I think that that is super fascinating. Um, And we'll get right into it. What what made you... you, uh, We kind of touched on it yesterday. You were saying that you... um, So take me from... You get out of high school... Did you already, did, were you taking CNA classes in high no, school? No, I actually didn't go to college till I was 38. Mm. So when I got out of high school, um, you know, I went to beauty school, didn't finish, uh, waitressed, worked at production, um, and then um, uh, just worked at various companies um, and for like five years or so doing whatever, customer service. Um, mm. I um, worked for a network marketing company. 
they have the home office there near me. I work there, did advertising sales. Um, and then, um, and then I had, uh, McKenna and Jace and I, um, so what I did, um, I was working at a newspaper and I took a motor route, a newspaper route, and I delivered newspapers for 10 years to oh, keep wow. them out of daycare. And Were um, you on a bicycle just tossing? N- no, <laughs> no bike. It was from a car. Okay. Yeah, 100 miles away. So during that time, I, I was thinking about what I wanted to do because I um, knew that I didn't want to go back to selling things yeah. um, or general public things, yeah. general, working with the general public. And I, I wanted a job with a lot of variety, and I also wanted a job where I could help people, mm. where I could you know, provide, you know, be of comfort somehow. That's kind of where I'm at, too. I, you know, same, same. Yeah, yeah, some, to give something back kind of on another level. Well, and like, cause you're good at talking, right? And, and, um, I, I have the gift of gab as well. And, and people always say, why don't you become a salesman? And you just mentioned that you didn't want to do that. And, and I'll ask you why, but for me, it was just because it just seems like a salesman's another word for a liar or, or, you know, just, yeah, that's, I, that's not true. I just always felt like I was intruding on people. I did. Mm. I, you know, I don't know if I had the right attitude for sales. I could talk to them, but you know, to get the appointments and go and sit down with them and yes. And constantly be calling and, and, um, you know, having to call and send um, emails and never get any response and, and work. And, and I had had a really bad experience selling advertising for uh, magazines where the market tanked. Oh, wow. And I would like, I, you know, and that was most of my income. That's the other thing. Those jobs are commission based. And so when you're not selling ads, you're not making making money. money. Wow. So, um, so I had done well at it, but I definitely didn't want to go back. And I, and I had think thought about nursing and honestly, I watched the, um, when Netflix had discs, mm. um, I, I was a mail order Netflix <laughs> yes. subscriber uh, as well. I watched the entire six feet under. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. That's a good one. And it's really not about funeral service, but, um, it just got me thinking, Oh, really? you know, and I had always been fascinated with the local funeral home. I always kind of, uh, I was, it wasn't morbid curiosity. I was really curious about the people who did those jobs. Mm. And, um, and so I was always like, looked at the funeral homes when I drove by, like, are they back there? And, yeah. um, that kind of stuff. And I, but I also was interested in nursing. So I decided to go to college and at 38, I, um, went, you know, started taking the, the prerequisites, uh, that applied for both, uh, being a mortician and a nurse. And then, um, so it was that, so that show planted the seed and it so did. it was in the back yeah. of your head. I know as silly as that sounds. Well, it did. No, it's not silly at all. It I did. Mean, shows and it movies. did because they did treat it. They did treat it sacred as well. They, you know, they, they, that was a pretty, you know, death in movies and, and TV can be pretty stupid <laughs> and not realistic, uh, realistic at all. And they did a pretty good job. Okay. Um, of it on that show. Shoot, I'll have to check it out. I've yeah. always heard of the show. And I oh, never, I never it has a fabulous finale. Really? It's one of the best series Is finales. It was HBO series, right? It was HBO, HBO. yep. Yep. Um, yeah, the wow. best, one of the best finales I've ever watched okay. for okay. A, for a series. Man, just real quick, I miss those mail-in days because <laughs> it was like so exciting. You you put together yes. a list of like what you want to see and you don't know which one they're going to send you. Well, yes. Well, they are in order. They were in order. But, but you don't know when exactly they're coming. Yeah. And yeah. It was exciting. Yes. Oh, I know. I I folded a lot of laundry in front of those <laughs> those shows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, all righty. So you're in CNA. 
uh, are you doing the CNA classes? Yeah, yeah, I decided to um, get my CNA license because I was still delivering newspapers and everyone who wants to be a nurse has to has to do that um, anyway. And mm-hmm. so then I got a job doing it. And, um, so you were an actual nurse at one point? A CNA, yeah. I, practiced, oh, CNA. I did it for a year. had that job for a year. Okay. Um, and I worked nights uh, while I was going to school and was great for my school schedule because I could do my homework at night because mm-hmm. I could you can't sleep, but the residents are sleeping yeah. and you have to be there. And, um, so it's pretty quiet, mm-hmm. quiet enough to the do. The only way I got through accounting. Gosh. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The numbers. Yeah. So I chose funeral service ultimately, obviously, because uh, um, I was allowed to go shadow at a funeral home. I didn't know if I could handle, you know, actually working with the dead. I'd never been squeamish, um, you know, um, could handle all the poop and puke and all that stuff with no problem with my kids. But um, anyway, I, I started there and three days into the shadowing, um, my week of shadowing, they offered me a part-time job. Wow. And, um, and so then I started, I, at that time I was working three jobs. I worked at the funeral home part-time. I worked, still worked at the nursing home part-time and I, um, delivered newspapers, um, as a substitute. And you were a mother. As a so substitute. Oh yeah. Them too. <laughs> and going to school. Man, you are a hardworking still, lady. Still I going to that. school. Yeah. So mortuary school was another year Full full time, so I have a an associate's degree. Oh, cool! Um, in in mortuary science. Could you describe um, what is a mortician's job for those that don't know? So it's an all encompassing term that's a combination of a funeral director and embalmer, um, which means that I'm qualified in every aspect of funeral service, mm. which means I can take a first call. Um, when someone passes away, whether it be at home or, or a facility, <coughs> accept that phone call, take the information, respond to the phone call, bring the, um, the loved one into our care, into the funeral home's care, transport them back and, um, perform any, uh, embalming that, that may be requested by the family or, um, if they're going to be cremated, then we may um, proceed with arrangements in that direction. So you don't um, embalm if they're cremated. Uh, some people do want to do would like to have a, a public viewing or a viewing with an embalmed um, body before, before the cremation. cremation. Okay. Yes, yes. So um, and a, and sometimes like uh, religions, a lot of Catholic churches won't let me, won't let you have a funeral mass if the body's not there. Ah. So um, although that's more and more, you know going away but they want the body there for <coughs> excuse me for religious reasons mm-hmm. and so um well the only well i've been to a couple funerals the only major one was uh, one of my uncles had passed away and we had an open casket and i just remember thinking that that was person my personal opinion that was just very awkward but i guess you know i understand i guess I don't know. I, I, uh, it's different for everyone. It's a yeah. very, very, very personal um, choice. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't believe anyone should be um, forced to view yeah. a dead body or a dead loved one. Yeah. Um, but I don't think anyone should be denied it either, mm. if that's possible. And um, and it is therapeutic. I can only my own personal experience. My dad. Uh, died suddenly um, in another state mm. and I actually had had that opinion about viewing and I was not a mortician yet so this was in uh, 2008 okay and I just I wanted to see him right away okay I wanted to see him immediately yeah. because it happened suddenly well I remember my mom and and, and um, uh, my grandma they did want to see 
my uncle. And um, a private family viewing is allowed without embalming. Mm. Um, it's not something you invite your um, friends and neighbors to. Yeah. Um, but for people in the family that need that time, it is available. Wow. Yes. So, but yeah, sorry to cut you off of, of explaining what a mortician was. Because yeah. I thought it was fascinating. We touched. I asked you a little bit last night and you were telling me that it's, you know, you're literally handling the body um, you know, and setting up the funeral, everything. I mean, it's pretty much start to finish from the time the person passes until um, the final disposition occurs, whether it be burial or cremation and release of of the ashes to the family or <clears throat> placement in a cemetery. And you're the um, you're the obituary writer as yeah, well. Yes, so we we gather we gather basic information. It's really not that difficult to write an obituary. There's basic questions that we ask. You know, where were they born? What were their parents' names? What did they like to to do their jobs, their families, who's left, who yeah. passed away before them, yeah. uh, when our services, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, but still, we, you just wouldn't think, you know, when I, I don't know, just from being like a total, I know nothing about the, the th- you know, the profession other than just what I've seen on TV or at, uh, CSI or whatever. Which you is know. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so when you told me that, I was like, wow, I just thought, you know, you guys were there to clean up the bodies and bomb and, and, and that's it. But I mean, it's, it's fascinating. To no, me there's a whole other administrative side, um, you know, bookkeeping. Um, you, you have to, you have to be able to ask families to pay their bills, um, and, uh, you know, notify, um, uh, we notify social security funeral homes job is to notify social security when someone passes, Mm. make arrangements for military, Mm. um, honors. And, um, if somebody has to, has to, yeah, if you pass away, if I pass away in Florida and I want to be buried in, um, Oregon, um, you know, a funeral director would have to make those arrangements to have my my body flown wow. um, to you know the airport nearest. Is that paid? Just a side question: Is that paid by the state, or is, would that? Have oh to no, be paid yeah, by the, the state rarely pays for anything okay. um, when someone passes away, unless you're indigent or or if you are a veteran. Uh, there are some benefits available uh, for veterans as well. Wow! To help with those well, expenses. In my opinion, you guys should be paid as much as doctors. I mean, it sounds like the jobs that you guys that's, had were. Yeah, that was a hard part of it. That that's one of the you know we someone has to take care of the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, someone has to do it, and it's becoming more and more um, uh, a crisis, like many other jobs where there's just not enough people to do the work and. Um, and the money's not there to incentivize. Yeah. Also, there's a high burnout rate for funeral directors and oh, I can imagine. and morticians. Because we'll get into that. <clears throat> yeah. You know, we'll get into that. Very high. Um, <laughs> so what was your like first impression when you said you, you got the shadow? You know, you said you weren't squeamish or whatnot. But I mean, for those of you that don't know what embalming is, like you have to remove the internal organs, right? And, no. Oh, okay. What, it, what, would it, what is it? No, all it is is um, you... Um, uh, you're raising two vessels that mm. are right uh, along the um, right along the collar, the collarbone um, on the uh, right side of the body. You make an incision right above that, mm. and you are raising the uh, right carotid artery and the right jugular vein. And you're taking a solution of formaldehyde and humectants and other um, um, vehicles like. Uh, for instance, hard water, we have to do a water corrective when the uh, the facility or the area has hard water because we mix those fluids with water and then it's injected into the body, into the circulatory system through that carotid artery 
And there's a machine that acts like the heart and pumps that fluid into the body. And simultaneously, you also, um, you have to have drainage of of the blood. So the jugular vein is where the drainage occurs um, and where you, uh, we place an instrument in that vein uh, to, um, to allow that blood to drain while the embalming fluid is going in mm. and so um the embalming fluid is a is a preservative and so, oh, so it's a preservative and a disinfectant and so it um yes so it allows for um a few days in between funerals sometimes uh t- i've i've had them a couple of weeks from wow. embalming to open casket viewing so it makes so that it's basically possible. just stalling the de- yes. decomposition yes that's exactly right wow Wow. Yes. So, okay. So just take me to that day, if you don't mind, uh, you know, I don't know if this is like, is this a, it kind of, is it bringing you back and, and is it a scarring oh, thing that like, no, not at all. Okay. No, not at all. Because it was, you know, it's, um, I, although I've experienced many traumatic deaths in my career, this one was a, a, a lady that was uh, sick on hospice at her home. Um, your first one. Yes. The shadow. Yes. Okay. Uh, at her at her home, and her family was with her, and um, she had what I would call a good a, a good death, a beautiful death. When when it's coming, and you've got your family, and you're mm. in your own home, you really can't ask for much more than that. Oh, yeah. Um, and usually they're pretty uh, pretty well kept pain free at that point, and um, so I was able to go uh, go to the house um, on the call and and. Uh, bring her back to the funeral home with the funeral director. And that was, I had been there all week and this was Thursday or Friday. Um, and then they found out that, that, uh, she was to be embalmed for viewing. And so I just observed, mm. you know, um, and what was going on through your, like, I mean, cause you know, like you said, you're not squeamish. Um, but like even the thought, like, and I'm, not, I, I never thought I was squeamish, but the more I think about it, it's like, it's it's pretty wild. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you have to make incisions and you're playing mm-hmm. with lots of blood and, 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 you know, different and a body, you know, that's right. lifeless. So it's, it's gotta be pretty, um, well, I mean, obviously it's, in t- it was intense, Yeah. uh, but I didn't have any trouble. Um, I didn't struggle. I didn't need to leave the room. Hmm. Um, there, you know, I don't remember it being, you know, sometimes um, embalmings can be more difficult than others mm. and take longer and, you and you know, lots of factors contribute to that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I I don't remember being traumatized and then I knew I could handle it. Mm. And, and it is a, it is a, a service that, that we're giving to families uh, so that they can have that. And particularly... Um, when their loved one's been sick for a long time and lost a lot of weight, um, you know, and, and that's kind of how things have been for a while, uh, you know, embalming and getting them in their clothes and uh, fixing their hair, maybe some makeup can really restore um, not only dignity uh, to that to that individual who has passed after such a, a long time of being ill, but also to just help their family kind of remember mm. who they were. But uh, embalming fluid actually does you know, help, uh, fill out the features. Mm. Uh, it, it, uh, you it, hear that? it improves Desperate housewives. It improves appearance. Quit drinking uh, that baby blood. And most get of the time. The <laughs> <laughs> most, no, no, it's poison. Oh, never mind then. Um, it's a known carcinogen. <laughs> well, man, that's, that's super admirable, you know, to, to think of it in that way. Cause I, I, you know, after you've told me that I totally agree, like, you know, I never gave much thought to it, but it, you know, it is a service and it is, a, it's, I mean, I'm, I could imagine we're in need of, of morticians at oh, this yes. point. You know, I can't imagine too many people are dying to, well, for lack of a better term, dying right. to, to be a mortician. No, it was, I mean, um, 
it sounds cliche, but I felt like it was a calling at the time. Mm. And, <clears throat> and I, and, you know, I definitely, um, it was an honor to get to, to be invited into these families' lives and, and to allow, um, and, and for them to allow uh, me to help them, yeah. um, in a way that I could mm-hmm. help. Um, and that's all we really want to do, uh, when somebody experiences a, a tragedy or a death or, yeah. is, you know, what can we do? That's what everyone says when, you know, their friends or loved ones have a death. Yeah. <coughs> so, um, you, so you shadow for a bit and then you get hired on as a part-time uh, mortician. At this point, are you handling bo- bodies on your own? <clears throat> yes, I was uh, brought on. Tickle the candy. Oh, <laughs> okay. <coughs> McKenna, can we get uh, a throat lodging or something? <laughs> She's dying over here. Got a whole lot of puns. The water's not quite. No pun intended. I know I need a... <laughs> Sorry, are we recording? Yeah, no worries, though. No worries. Dead air. But I'll just have fun with this effects machine. Please. (laughs) All right, I'll try to. Yes, I I was brought on part-time, and um, I was on call to uh, make transfers um, of deceased individuals as well as I was part-time help on funerals. Mm. So they typically, on an average size uh, memorial service or funeral celebration of life, you'd have a funeral director and then two staff members Mm. um, to help. And so I was doing that kind of work. And then I started mortuary school and did that for a year. Okay. And then after that, um, I had to take a um, a test called the National Board Exam. Mm. It's... Uh, International Conference of Funeral Education. Anyway, um, and so that was a test that I had to uh, that I had to pass to graduate. Hmm. No, I didn't have to pass it. I just had to take it, and then I had to do an internship, which I was already working there, and all of that time counted. Oh, cool! Uh, yeah, towards my internship uh, through school, and then I went to work full time for. Uh, that funeral home and you quit all the other no more paper route um yeah i think i continued to do papers uh for a little bit longer but no yeah eventually that was just my that was my only job Mm. Mm -hmm. well yeah i mean uh it's got to be well so how taxing was it uh, on you as far as not just like i guess the work hours but you know um because we met we were talking last night and you said uh, you didn't really realize how uh, emotionally uh, t- uh, taxing it was on you. Yeah, it, it's a physically and mentally demanding job. Mm-hmm. And you're dealing with other people's grief, mm-hmm. um, for one thing, uh, which is which can be a lot. In, and death brings out the best in people and it brings out the worst in people. Mm-hmm. So you end up de- dealing with a lot of refereeing type situations mm-hmm. of family dynamics and, and um, situations like that, which can be challenging but then um you know just the the reality of of some of these deaths are are hard to take as a human like suicides and Mm. uh tragic young uh accidents and things like that and so it but it all goes in we have a job to do and we do it um and to the best of our ability but that's that stuff still sits with you uh afterwards yeah how long into the job before you started to realize that um well i guess you know, it's a case-by-case thing. And so, yes, I would try to process those cases as they came up. Um, but in addition to that, I think just bur- just uh, working too hard, that mm. it's, a, that it's you're, you work, you know, 9 to 5 Monday through Friday, 
and um, this is just tip. This is kind of what my schedule looked at, looked like in general. You know, nine to five Monday through Friday, on call every other weekend, mm. on call at least one to two days during the week, which means, if, you know, two o'clock in the morning, you get a you get a call, you take the call, you go get the body, you come back, you embalm the body, you still have to be at work at nine a.m. So, and that's another aspect of the the job as well, right? You have to go and pick up the body, transfer the body yes. to the yes, you know, all, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, basically the body is in your hands mm-hmm. at that point until it's either in the ground or yes. cremated. Which can be a, such a great thing um, from a serving family aspect mm-hmm. because um, if you're the one that takes the call, goes on the call, does the, you know, takes care of their loved one, meets with them to make arrangements, you know, plans the service, uh, conducts the service, and it's all over and um, you've really bonded with that family if you've done your job. Mm-hmm. So um, I wanted to ask too, uh, I know we're, so like, has this job changed your outlook on life and death and, and maybe like a spiritual aspect of it? Like I know, uh, well, I don't know, were you guys like very religious? Were you per- personally religious growing up? Like did anything <laughs> change in, in, in terms of your view mm. on, on life or death? Well, no, I definitely take it, you know, less for granted. Mm. I mean, just the sheer fact, the sheer numbers and the things that I've seen and the things that can go wrong from, you know, motorcycle accidents to, you know, and, and, We're and I was fragile. never, I was never, uh, uh, I was, but I've never been an overly worried like parent. Like mm. I never let that stuff, um, you know, make me terrified for my children to go mm. out in the world and, um, or terrified for myself when I made, mm. de- when I've made decisions that I've seen kill people. Mm. Um, um, but yes, life is precious and we, we literally, we do not know, you know, from day to day if we're going to be there or not. We assume that we will, but yeah. we just don't know. And so nothing is promised. You know, we, with that, we should all, you know, try to be in the best spiritual shape that we can be. Yeah. So that we can be of, of um, live a happy life and be of use to our fellow humans. Yeah. And so, what? Uh, speaking of religions, um, I know they have different, like, could you speak on some of the different, like, what was, like, mm-hmm. kind of the most, I guess, extreme. As uh, uh, example of like a religion, pra- like a, a certain way you had to handle a body based on a, somebody's religion. Yes, definitely, definitely varied um, um, religious and co- cultural um, norms or and traditions. And we learned about that in mortuary school. We mm. learned about some of them. I didn't, you know, unfortunately, I wasn't able to do a whole lot of different things. But um, for instance, we had a Buddhist um, who uh, wanted to be cremated. And their family um, wanted to be there when they uh, were were pushed into the uh, retort. Oh wow! Um, Which isn't normal. Um, not no okay. no. Families do occasionally want to see that, um, and and you don't get to see them burn. Yeah. It's just you witness them going in, and then the door is shut. Have you ever had that request to uh, watch yes, them burn? Yes, and we have to say no um, uh, because that's a. That's where you cross cross the line where um, you can be causing emotional trauma to people, yeah, and um, and the funeral home can get sued. Mm. Quite honestly, mm. if someone comes back and says, you know, I'm really screwed up now because I witnessed that, yeah. and you let me. Oh God, goodness gracious! Yeah, yeah. So no, they this family came in and um, 
we had a very nice crematory. It was very, very clean um, and well-kept. And they, they put out offerings for, um, for their loved one. There was fruit. There was um, some gifts, little trinkets. Um, so, so theoretically the spirit can... Yes, okay. yes. Just kind of there to accompany and honor. And I don't know the details. I don't want to try to try to remember why or how because I don't want to mess it up. But yeah. but that was just an example. And then uh, then they placed these items in into the uh, cremation container before the individual was, you know, pushed in. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so Buddhists are... The ones that want to be want to view it. Well, no, that one. Um, you know, uh, Muslims have to be married or bar- excuse me, buried within twenty four hours. Oh wow, that's very challenging. Wow, you know, because a funeral home has to um, has to file a death certificate, and uh, each the estate has the state has to give permission before you can proceed with with any type of disposition, mm. and that usually takes a few days. Mm. Um, but when you've got a Muslim, you just have to expedite it. Yeah. You know, you just have to, and it's and it can be really stressful. So is that, do you have to have a service that day too, or? Yeah, it's usually, it's, it's usually graveside. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, and they come in and take care of their own, their own um, church members. They, okay. they all come in and dress and casket oh, okay. and we'll be there for that and mm. guide them and help them but they do that as well. native americans mm. all care for their um tribes have um have a, a group that comes in and and smudges and uh does some chanting washes the the individual with a rose water have you um, have you ever dresses them and had a uh, like a like a satanist or or uh, no anybody do any cult Mm-mm. cultish kind of no. stuff Okay, just no. wondering, just wondering. No, nope, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, okay. And then so eventually you became um, a county coroner. Yes. What is the difference between what you were doing as a mortician? Well, a county coroner is a death investigator. Oh. Their job is to determine manner and cause of, of death. Mm. That's it. And that's not a mortician's job? Mm, no. Okay, no. so morticians just handle the body, Yes. Do, does what the body needs. The mortician doesn't get called till the body's been released. Um, and so the way that the, the that works, death investigation works, is if somebody um, passes away by suicide, murder, car accident, that's almost that's automatically a coroner's case. If they're under the care of hospice or they're in a nursing home with lots of medical uh, history, that's a that's not a coroner's case. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so that's determined before the funeral home's even called. Mm. Um, and so if there's to be a death investigation, then it's the coroner's job to respond to that. Okay. And is that something you'd have to like, you know, just if it was like a murder case or a criminal case, would you have to like testify in court and all that stuff? Yes, too? potentially. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. Have you ever had to? No, I have not. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Small county. We never had a murder. Um, we definitely had more than our share of suicides and car accidents. Mm. But um, what not a murder. What is the leading, like, a, like the most common, I guess, uh, version of death that you've seen? Of an, uh, so there's two things. There's there's cause of death. Mm. That's what actually kills you. Mm. So it would be, um, okay, in the case of a suicide, um, uh, a sanguination means bleeding to death. Mm. That would be the cause of death. 
Insanguination. They they bled to death. There's your metal band name. Yeah, that is their yeah that is their cause of death. Okay. Their manner of death is suicide. Mm. They took their own life. Um, in the instance of a hospice case, somebody has lung cancer. Lung cancer is the cause of death. Okay. It's a natural, but the manner of death is natural. Okay. Yes, and so then there's homicide, natural, um, accident, car accident is an accidental death. You know, mm. car, you know, went off roadway and struck tree yeah you know so um that's what the coroner's job is it's just how did this person die okay um and you know what was the cause of death and and was it an accident was it suicide was it natural how uh, um what what made you make the transition from being a mortician to Um, i was kind of pushed into it oh really (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i was definitely pushed into it um the county that we were living um so in big, big, bigger cities, bigger areas, a lot of most of the time, the corner, um, the coroner's office is has medical examiner on staff. And for smaller counties, um, that's that's not always the case. Um, and so, the case in our county was that the funeral home was the only establishment that had refrigeration, hmm. and the previous funeral home had been fu- funeral home owner had been the coroner for 25 years. And that's very typical that the funeral home owner was also the coroner. Okay. Although there's, there's many people who, who've raised concerns over conflict of interest, (laughs) uh, legitimately. Um, but that is still the case to this day in many, many counties in Idaho. And so if we need an autopsy, we can get a medical examiner. We contract out with, with another County that has one, um, to do those. Um, so, Anyway, uh, the previous funeral home uh, owner wanted to retire, and uh, the new funeral home owner was in line to take his place, and um, she decided she did not want to do that. Mm. But it was very imperative to her that someone who worked at the funeral home do will. Yeah. And it was basically myself and my coworker, and um, I needed to get into (laughs) And so, I, yeah, I kind of got... I got pushed into it. Wow. So it was an appointment. He he retired midterm. I was okay. never elected. Um but so I had so you know I was appointed by a Democratic Central Committee. Okay. of 12 people that voted. Oh, okay, so you had to be um, between me in. and and another fella. Huh. Um so Interesting. That's how I ended up there. Okay. And then what what would would you say the hardest aspect um would be in as a mortician like just uh, in your job was it like i mean i guess the emotional for me i would guess the emotional part of it um but i mean was anything hard oh no like yeah just the tragedy yeah the tragedy uh those tragic deaths and having to um you know face those families Mm. and and see you know how shattered they are in some of those cases yeah um Definitely that, you know, that was, that was the hardest part. I never had a problem with doing the job itself, Mm. uh, taking care of the gore. Um, you know, if I had to help clean up at a scene, um, it was because I wanted to protect that person's loved one. Mm. Um, and also, um, you know, respect the person that has died Mm -hmm. is all give them respect. When you, when you say clean up at a scene, what would that, uh, sorry, we got three golden retrievers over here. (laughs) They got a culprit there. They're after. Well, you know, sometimes in accidents and suicides, um, parts are separated from oh. the body. Okay. Um, 
goodness gracious. So, separation. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but they still, it's still their parts and it should stay with them mm. if possible. Um, do you, so would you have to at that point sew the part back on? No, or? no, it was more like um, cleaning up skull fragments. Oh, uh, I see. Yeah, you know, t- trauma. Never had to deal with uh, with parts. Um, but that that was, you know. One of the things, yeah. the skull fragments. And yeah, whatnot. And brain matter. Goodness gracious. Yeah. There's a, there's a metal band out there. There's a, there's a movie on them too. It's called Mayhem. And this guy, uh, the singer, I, forget, I think his name was Death or, or something. Dang it. You get, my audience is going to make fun of me for not knowing. But um, the guy had, he threatened suicide a lot. And then on stage, slit his wrists. Um, almost bled out to death on stage, didn't. And then I think a, a few weeks later, he uh, he slit his wrists, slit his throat, and then shot himself in the head with a shotgun. And the guitar player came home, saw him like that, and before he did anything about it, he took a picture of the the dead singer, and then that became their album cover. Oh. <laughs> it's just a little side story, because I just remember, and then, no, and then they used the skull fragments as necklaces, and... Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so, you never ran into... So, Idaho doesn't have a whole lot of occult stuff going on, huh? No. Okay. No, thank God. That would yeah. make me lose my mind if... Something like that happened. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sheesh. Goodness gracious. So, okay. And then a county coroner. Was there any, like, criminal, um, like, you know, because I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm watching CSI right now. You know, yeah. No, the, 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 the big, the, I guess to the extent that there was ever any criminal. And, again, the coroner doesn't, I don't decide who did it, who does, who's the one that. You're just there to that, determine that, the cause you, right, of death. Right. It's just, I just am investigating the death. Mm. Um, um, but um, the, the closest it got to anything like that was overdoses. You know, mm. the, the law enforcement wants to know who the drugs came from. Mm. And, um, again, that's not part of I'm, I'm glad that that's not part of what I had had yeah. to do as part of my investigation but um yeah thankfully we never we didn't have a murder uh, while I was you know um two years that I spent as as the county coroner so wow and when uh what was the did you get a lot of overdoses mm. we had more suicides wow mm-hmm. gosh man in that time, but this is a two-year period of time, or actually, yeah, it would have been three years because it, we went on the coroner's calls as funeral home employees, also. So, as a mortician, you don't necessarily know the cause of death. You usually, yeah, it goes on the death certificate. Oh, okay. Someone else puts it in there. Somebody puts it in there, but like when you're working on the body, you're not really thinking about that. You're you're just kind of right. We like to know if they have an infectious disease. Oh yeah, but uh, we don't always know that either. So we treat everyone like they do. What would happen if if there was like an infectious disease? Would you be able to handle the body at all? Well, yes, because we take universal precautions, okay. which means that we we treat everybody as though it does have a um, oh, an see. infectious disease, and, and which is uh, personal protective equipment, gloves and and masks and gowns and hair nets and shoe covers, and we gear up before we wow. before we go in, and it's, it's yeah. I guess it's it's case by case, uh, depending on what type of infectious disease. But it's wild to think that it could still survive without the host. Yeah, we it. actually did some uh, particular treatments for COVID for, oh, wow. for folks that we picked up that passed away from COVID. What was that? To keep because they're, 
you know, that sometimes when a, a dead body is, is moved, there's other, there's still air in their lungs and they'll, and they'll, you know, breathe out a little bit. And, and we didn't want, you know, they didn't want any, any funeral directors to get it, obviously. So just some, ex, some additional disinfection, mm. uh, with a spray that we brought, we would, ga- we would bring gowns to the scene mm. instead of, you know, for that, instead of just doing it when we're, when we're going to embalm. So we would gown up and, and we had a little kit. Um, embalming kit. Yeah, no, it's just a, a a COVID our COVID, COVID kit. kit. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So. Wow. 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 So, um, what is like? Because I know that you know, like you said, bodies can still have air in their lungs. I know that sometimes they spit or like. Nope. No, none of that. <laughs> no, so, uh, you might be referring to uh, what's called purge. Sometimes a, a, um, a dead body will release contents from its stomach or lungs. Um, you know, that uh, from its, from their mouth or nose. Mm. Um, and, and that can happen for a variety of different reasons. Wow. It's, it's very normal. Yeah. Um, you but never it's, got but freaked it's like, out when they would like, well, it's not, it's, it's not always pleasant. <laughs> it's not always pleasant. And yeah. you want it to stop if you're embalming because, mm. because you don't want them to keep losing fluids out of their mouth or nose after they're embalmed. And you're trying to mm. have a viewing and all of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that um, no spitting, nobody's ever sat up, no boners, <laughs> none, <laughs> no. Dang. So those myths are false. Lots of interesting piercings. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, especially in Idaho, huh? Oh uh, no, that was actually Colorado. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I whoa. <laughs> yeah. With like they're pretty vanilla up in North Idaho. Yeah, and then Colorado was to all the freaks and geeks and. Well, we were on the front, yeah, on the front range. So we would just, it was just a larger area. Oh, I see. So, you know, it was a 200, uh, a county of 275,000 people mm. in Colorado going to a county of 13,000. Now, when you die, how do you want your body to be? I, um, well, I go back and forth for a long time. I was pretty set on green burial. Mm. And, which um, is? Which is just a burial of your whole body in the ground without um, the use of embalming fluids, um, uh, no metal, everything's biodegradable, mm. you know, what you, the container that you're placed in the, um, the clothes that you're wearing, mm. uh, that you just completely go back to the earth okay. and, um, become compost. Okay. And, um, uh, but there's a lot of other options now. They are doing human composting in, uh, at facilities, um, oh, wow. in some States now, uh, there's, um, uh, alkaline hydrolysis, which is basically makes you down to liquid, but you ultimately end up with the same thing as a result of cremation, which mm. is bone fragments. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, there's lots of options. I just don't know if I want my body to be um, where I'm li- in Florida for forever. Mm. Or maybe Ted wants uh, to cremate me and take me with him. Yeah. So. Because I've always thought about. I think it's going to be up to him. Yeah, ultimately okay. <laughs> <laughs> with your legal binding but contract. yes no i can actually put, put that in a will and i can make that a legal legally binding what you know what i choose has is what has to happen yeah. and, and prepay for it and make the arrangements all in advance so nobody can step in and and um do you know change things yeah well because i i've personally always thought about if i did die you know suddenly or whatever i would love to be cremated not love to be but you know i've probably choose cremation mm-hmm. but then i've heard about all these things like there's there's even 
Um, you can be a tree now. You can like, yeah, I don't know how to. Yes, I haven't looked into that, but yes, that's it. Looks like there's a way they've they've done that. But you can also have your ashes. Yeah, uh, you have your ashes, a tree. You know, to oh, be really? part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now they have urns now that that uh, you place the ashes in the urn, but it's it's biodegradable and has a tree seed in it. Okay. And it just grows. You know, just you put it in the ground and it grows That'd from there. There's cool. there's about a million different things now you can do for memorialization and yeah, um, necklaces and Oof, uh, I don't know if I right necklace. And, oh yeah, I mean I thought it would be cool as a romantic thing with, with my significant other to like carry around like a just a little vial of their blood. I don't know why, but oh. that seems very like intimate and romantic to me. It's just I don't know. It's, yeah, uh, Angelina Jolie and. Um, Billy Bob Thornton did that, and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know what kind of a vessel you'd have to put it in there so that it it would be airtight, <laughs> I guess, and not have no chance of of opening, which I which you want to do with ashes that yeah. go into jewelry. So, so is there anything about the uh, mortician or county coroner job that you would like people to know, or or because I mean, I, I think one thing it's very it's fascinating. Everything I mean, this is forty five minutes. I'm I'm you know this is great. I, I appreciate you coming on here and mm-hmm. conversating about it because it's not something I don't think people really know about. You know, they just assume like oh body dies and then you, you bury it or or burn it. You know, there's not much that goes on, but there's actually a lot that goes on. And oh you, yeah, and there's you, a lot to it from from point A. To is there anything yeah. in particular that you that you wanted to kind of uh, touch on that maybe people should know? And because I, I feel like also you guys are underappreciated. I mean, I had no idea. Yeah, you, you know, there. Because almost everybody's pretty awesome. Mm. Honestly, they're nice. They're appreciative of what we do. Um, you know, they 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 try to be respectful. You know, I mean, it 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 it's it's up to us to draw the lines and the boundaries to where we we don't let our job interfere with our personal life and t- and take away, um, you know, make us work too much. Yeah, because it's easy to do. Oh yeah, in that in that profession for sure. Were you able to like kind of leave the job at the job and and sometimes yes, sometimes no. It was more stuff like. Uh, I've been working with this family for two weeks and now it's my weekend off and they're having a service on my mm, weekend off. I see. And and I, it was really hard to trust another person to take it over. It just, it was, it, it just was never ideal. Yeah. And um, so that's just one example. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and work on Saturday because I've been working with this family yeah. and it, and it just, you know, continual things like that. But um, I would encourage people to, uh, to not be scared to death mm. because it's it's a it's part of life. Yep. It is a, a it is part of it's life. The only guarantee we have in life. It, it is, and and no none of us are getting out of here, and we're all going to have be in a position where we have to take care of things for for someone that we love. Yeah. At some point um, or another, and so we should we should be thinking about you know what we would like, and not be afraid to have conversations with our loved ones about mm. what we would like, mm. um, and what what that might look like when ultimately the time comes. Can I? Because I can't tell you how many times, you know, on a on a death that wasn't expected, you know, somebody eighty eighty five years old, the family walks in and we have no idea what she wanted, oh, man. and so that's hard. That's hard for me. Of course, we're going to help you figure this out, but, um, it's hard for me to imagine. And I don't want yeah. my family to go through with that. And the other thing is, um, prearranging, mm. there's no downside to prearranging. And what would that, like? so they, they, they typically have now, um, at most funeral homes, 
have what they call, it's not even the funeral home. There are insurance policies out there. Mm. It's a life insurance policy that's specifically intended to take care of your end of life expenses. And so the way that that works is, you know, you can go to the funeral home of your choosing. Uh, they have to have a prearrangement <coughs> counselor if they offered the prearrangements. Um, and so you, you sit down with them and you tell them what you want and you fund it. You pay for it. You can either make payments. That they have the option to pay for it over ten years. Because death is expensive. I you do, can't. I, depending I on what you want, it very yes. Depending on what you and, want, and it your very debt, much their can debt, be. like some that takes that goes to somebody in the family, right? Like their debt has to be paid. Not necessarily. Okay. And, oh, but and um, the other thing about um, prearranging, it, it, Medicaid can't make you cash that money, and it can make you. They can make you cash in any other life insurance policies that you might have. If the state has to step in and start to take over your bills because you're out of money, mm. if you have any life insurance policies, mm-hmm. they're going to make you cash those in first. Oh wow! You cannot have but maybe $2,000 in the bank to go on Medicaid. You have to be literally destitute. And so if you prearrange... Uh, a funeral, a funeral plan, or just a basic cremation, which you can you can do that for a thousand bucks. most places or less. Is that the uh, a, you know average? Yeah, and, you know, it depends on the area, of course. But um, you can prearrange for that, pay for it, and everyone knows what's going to happen. And you're you're locked into those prices because mm. um, you know because the policy grows because it's an insurance policy so it's meant to keep up with inflation. Mm. The funeral home prices go up. You don't have to pay mm. if you live twenty more years. Your family doesn't have to have to write the funeral home another check because their prices went up. That insurance policy is going to cover that, okay. and it's transferable. Yeah. If you take it out in Idaho and you move to Florida, the Florida funeral home can claim those funds when the okay. time comes. The, the, so it's, just like a life, it's just like a life insurance policy. Yeah, go and do that. Because I remember when my uncle passed, it was a huge deal because, you know, death is expensive. You it know, is. The funeral service and everything and how to handle the body and whatnot. And yes. It, it adds up, you know, and people don't think of th- about that. And they don't think about death in general, like you're saying. And I do encourage people. to Like for me, I, I was in high school. I read a, a book called The Art of Power by Thich Nhat Hanh, another Buddhist. And he basically, you know, like the first chapter was about accepting your death, you know, and I'm big into samurais. It's a big thing of the samurai culture too. like live every day Mm -hmm. like you already have like have died almost. And therefore you're free at that point. And that was the whole idea of of this Buddhist was like, you know, when you accept your death and you accept the death of others, um, go through that emotion, grieve for that, but then let it go. And then you're free from then on, mm-hmm. you know, cause it is a, a natural thing that happens to all of us. And until yes. they, until they infuse our bodies with robots, but, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, no. which is coming ladies yep. and gentlemen. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, but you know, so th- yeah, that's just something to think about. I think I encourage, that's one of the main reasons too. I wanted you on here just cause I, you know, one it's, it's pretty, you know, I, I've always been interested in, in the, the darker aspects of life and, and, and those, those mm-hmm. kinds of topics. And, you know, I don't feel like a lot of people, uh, know about this stuff and especially like I, i'm still just floored by what a mortician does i mean that's just fascinating to me yeah it doesn't hurt it doesn't hurt anything to people to have an idea yeah. you know and 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 that's why part of the reason why people fear death because it's all been protected and shrouded and kept behind closed doors and mm-hmm. and uh and that's not necessarily healthy yeah yeah, yeah. no I, but my favorite um uh 
I guess, death arrangement, which is a weird statement to, to say. But Hunter Thompson, uh, the famous hmm. writer, um, Hunter Thompson, uh, he <laughs> he wanted he had a beautiful property called um, Woody Creek um, in Aspen. It's like near Aspen or something, uh, mm-hmm. Colorado. And he had all this amazing property, a lot of acreage. And he wanted a statue 100 feet tall of his logo, which is like a it's a fist with the with two thumbs and a peyote leaf in the in the middle of the hand. And he wanted his ashes to be shot out of that over his property. Mm-hmm. And when he died, Johnny Depp uh, took him up on that and made sure it happened. Mm-hmm. And they had to he said he wanted a party. No sad bull crap. He wanted not, yeah. not that that's bullcrap, you know, everybody can handle their debts the way they want to. But, you know, he didn't want anybody to be sad there. He wanted people to celebrate and, and have a good time. And then at the end of the party, shoot his ashes out. That's of a awesome. Foot cannon. Yeah, I think that's really that's cool. awesome. Every, I think everybody should have something. Yeah. And what that and that it should look however it looks. Mm-hmm. And but but, you know, acknowledge that somebody died and celebrate what you loved about them and cry. And and if it's. You know, having their favorite foods at a picnic at the park, or you yeah. know, or blowing their ashes out of a statue. <laughs> yeah. You know, and 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 as p- particularly if it fits the yeah. person you know who has passed, and that you're that you're trying to remember. Yeah, just do something. It's case don't by don't case. just pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Well, right on. Thank you so much, <laughs> Kelly. I appreciate you coming on and, and talking to us and informing us about this. Uh, you know, this crazy world that we live in and, and uh, an aspect of it that we don't normally get to hear about. So I appreciate you so much. And, and um, You're welcome. Thank and, you uh, for having me. Cheers. Congrats to, to the new married life. And uh, yeah. Thanks G- again. Good times, everybody. Uh, prepare for your death. That's the message of this show <laughs> yeah. today. All right. See you later, guys. Peace. Uh- Spirits be